Daniel chapter 1. Let's read the first eight verses. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. That means that they surrounded the city and they were not letting anyone out and they weren't letting anything in and they were basically going to uh, strangle that city until they gave up. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. Now, this is a very sad thing. The temple of God was very ornate, very beautiful. It was uh, made by some of the, the best, most skilled craftsmen in all of Israel and Judah. And uh, they had wonderful golden furnishings and vessels. And they were there since the time of Solomon. And they were taken out. They were stolen. They were ripped out of this sacred place and put into the treasure house of this pagan king. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. just want to stop there and make a comment that these were the best and the brightest and the smartest kids. I mean, sometimes when you think of you know, godly young people, you know, you, you might think that, well, they're just sort of the, the ones that aren't very bright or whatever. I don't know wh- where or why we got that into our heads. But here we see that the very brightest and the smartest and the most technical and the most skilled of them were also some of the most godly. So, yes, and the king, verse 5, appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. And this is the final verse here. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. That's all we'll read. But I just want to make a couple of comments here. I started out my um, talk with you all uh, saying that you probably don't understand or really see it. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But you're living in a world of tremendous pressure. 
There is a lot of pressure on young people today, mostly caused through social media or the media in general, the things that we see, the things that are advertised. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure to conform to the world's standards. And what we see here in Daniel is that he lived in a time of great pressure as well. Not just you all. He was a young person, maybe early teens, we're not sure, but certainly a teenager. And he had a lot of pressure. Remember I said he was taken out of his home, taken away from his church, taken away from his country, and great pressure. And there were others with him. There were others of his friends, perhaps, with him. Of course, we see uh, these three friends here that are mentioned, but there were others that were there. And I'm sure that they were good kids, too. But, you know, they did not have the same dedication, and we don't read about them anywhere in Daniel. They're forgotten. They may have been good kids, but they apparently just went along with the flow of everything else that was going on. There was pressure. What kind of pressure? Well, we read there in chapter 3, if we uh, skip over to chapter 3, there was pressure because you had in verse 3 of chapter 3, the princes and the governors and the captains and the judges and the treasurers and the counselors and the sheriffs and the rulers of the provinces, they were all gathered together unto the dedication of the image. And, and then it goes on in verse 4, the herald cried out and said, O people, nations, and languages. And I won't read everything, but they were told that when they heard the sound of this music, that they were supposed to fall down and worship the image or face the consequences. That's pressure. Fall down, worship the image. When you hear that noise, fall down, worship the image. Why it lists all those people in verse 3, the princes, the governors, the captains, judges, treasurers, etc., is because it's making the point that everybody was in on this. Everybody was doing what they were told here. And so you can just imagine the kind of pressure that these young people were facing. And you could imagine others of the children of Judah saying to Daniel and his friends, you know, we're not really worshiping this image in our heart. Let's just bow the knee and, you know, in our heart we're not worshiping. So we just, we, you know, we have to, we're, we're going to be killed here. This is pressure. Pressure not only from the king, but pressure even from their peers, perhaps, to conform. Because apparently they were the only ones out of all the children that were there that refused to do it. You see, Daniel had purposed in his heart. He had purposed in his heart. And these others in chapter 3, 
they had decided that they weren't going to do this either. And there was no question about it. Um, they go on to say because the king is furious with them. And in verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says to the king, King, you're the king, but we're not, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. In other words, they're not trying to make any excuse. We're just going to say it like it is. We're not going to bow down. Look at this. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from this fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Pretty bold. But look at this. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image. These young people were courageous, and they were pretty determined too didn't matter what all the princes and the governors and the sheriffs and the treasurers and didn't matter what they were doing and didn't even matter what their friends were doing sometimes that's the hardest thing i mean when you think about it they had pressure from all those people around them let's just say the world and the world is going to apply some pretty serious pressure on you guys but they also had pressure from friends if we flip back to chapter 1, in verse 9, it said that, talking again about Daniel, it says that now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Don't miss that. This was his friend. He made friends with this man. And perhaps there's something in all of us that, that doesn't want to offend our friends. We don't want to get our friends in trouble. See? Because the eunuch was saying, uh, Daniel, you're going to get me in trouble. But even that pressure did not dissuade Daniel. Because Daniel had purposed in his heart. Okay. The point I'm just trying to make here is that you all will face pressure. Whether it's pressure from the world, that's undoubted but also pressure from your friends where you don't want to offend them. You don't want to lose their favor. You don't want to get them in trouble. There's going to be all kinds of pressure. How do you deal with this pressure? How do you deal with it? I just have three things that I want to say about that. How do you deal with it? Number one, they had prepared hearts. Okay, just try to remember this. How do you deal with this um incoming pressure that you all will face. How are you going to deal with this? They had prepared hearts. What do I mean by that? There is no way that these young people turned a switch all of a sudden and became strong like this as soon as they landed in Babylon. These young people were prepared. I guarantee you they were prepared. The years leading up to this captivity... They were in Jerusalem, and they probably were brought up in the ways of the Lord. In fact, I know that they were because Daniel understood the law. He understood the word of God enough to know that he was not going to violate it. He had conviction. And so these young people were prepared. And I want to just encourage you. 
you are now in a period of preparation. You're not facing maybe that crazy pressure. Or maybe you are. But certainly there's more to come. I would say that this is a time of preparation for you. You need to be in a mode of preparation. You will not be able to stand strong just all of a sudden. You need to be preparing yourself. It's like an athlete. If he's going to run a race, you think he's just going to get out there on Olympic Day and and run with all the other athletes of the world. No, he's going to be training and preparing for months and months and months before that day. It's no different. You're going to face a challenge, and you need to be prepared. David, if you remember David, he was a young person. And when he faced Goliath, do you know what he told King Saul? He said, wait a second, King Saul. There was a time where I fought off a bear and a lion. I killed them because they were going after one of my flock. In other words, David, in those years before he faced Goliath, those were years of preparation so that when he did face Goliath, he was ready. He was absolutely ready. These are years of preparation for you. I want you to learn to pray now. I want you to learn to read the word now. Not when you need to, but you need to learn now. Be prepared now. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Be prepared. The second thing I'm going to say is that they had purpose in heart. They were prepared, but they also had purpose in heart. You read that, obviously, in... Uh, the first chapter in verse verse eight, where we finished, Daniel purposed in his heart. That word "purpose" is a very interesting word. It means to put something in its place. It means to plant. It means to settle. Daniel had settled this. He wasn't wavering. He wasn't doing calculations in his head, like, "Well, if I do this, then that's going to happen." And, you know, he wasn't doing all that. He had settled this in his mind, and it didn't matter what the consequences were. He had purposed in his heart. He had put it in place. He had settled it. He had established it. That's, that's something that, that we need as well. We need to have that kind of purpose. And that's how we're going to face our, our challenges, face the pressures. What's the third thing? He, they prepared, they purposed in their heart. And the third thing I'm going to say is that they had the power of the Spirit of God. How do I know that? Well, flip over there to Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Daniel chapter 6, verse 3 says this. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes. Why? Because an excellent spirit was in him. Look, it wasn't because of Daniel's wonderful skills and gifts and abilities and his, his personality. Okay? It wasn't, it wasn't any of that. This is the reason why Daniel was so special. And it's the same reason why we can all be special. 
It's because he had an excellent spirit in him. They detected there is something in him. And what is this but the Holy Spirit? It's the Holy Spirit. Daniel was filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, it's there is no age limit on this. It's not as if you can enjoy the power of God's Spirit only when you're like an adult or in your 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s. You can enjoy it as a teen. Did you know that? Did you know that in the past there were lots of young people that that were sold out to God in their teens? Lots of them. It's only now that it just seems so odd that there would be a teenager that's really filled with the Spirit. It's so backward now. But it didn't always used to be that way. So he had, that third P, he was prepared, he was purposed, and he had the power of the Holy Spirit. And how do you get the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, I guess I would say a fourth point is you pray for it. You pray for it. And that's what we're here to do. We're not here to just, um, you know, pray for, I don't know, there's lots of things that we can fill our prayers with. But, and good things. And I don't want to discourage any prayer. But try to remember to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit, that you have the same excellent Spirit in you. Okay, I went way too long. But I just wanted to share those things with you on how to face pressure as a young person. God bless you.